The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I want to, um, well, let me just say, first of all, we're in the series titled Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I've been teaching it for a while, and I'm going to be teaching it for a while because I really like the book. I think it gets right to uh, the psychology of wealth. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is a book that was written years ago by T. Harv Eker, E-K-E-R, A-K-E, yeah, E-K-E-R. And anyway, um, I think it's a really great book to learn about the psychology of wealth, the psychology of money, the psychology of abundance. And as I'm studying the book, I'm recognizing just things that I feel as though are uh, a part of the overall psychology of wealth. So what I want to do before I actually jump back into the wealth files, because we're going to cover today wealth files seven, eight, and nine. I want to talk about what I'm calling inner resistance to money and success. Inner resistance to money and success. Now, why do I call it inner resistance? I'm calling it inner resistance because it's what's happening within our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own beliefs. It's what's triggered. It's it's our context. It's the culture that we were raised in or nurtured in. It's our paradigm. It's how we see life. It's how life occurs to us. There's an inner resistance to life when something is different from what is your norm. Obviously, you can create new norms, but until you have a new normal, the old normal is going to resist new change. So I wrote down a few things that I think show up as inner resistance to money and success. First of all, when you start doing self-development work in general, you're going to have inner resistance. But when you have start doing self-development work to get very specific about money and success, 
a few things might pop up. One of them is stress. You might start feeling a, a certain amount of stress because, yes, you're excited. Yes, you want these new goals. Yes, you want to achieve. But then there's also a pressure that can evolve from within around the goals of the goals you want to achieve concerning success and money, career, money, uh, financial independence, paying off debt, things of that nature. So I want you to ask yourself if you are experiencing stress around the achievement of your goal. Now, I'm not saying you're never going to have stress, so don't get the wrong idea. But there's a stress that goes along with the inner resistance. It's it's like, okay, now I'm thinking really big. Now I'm going for what I really want. Now I really am mapping out what I want monetarily. And then there's a, some inner resistance to it because sometimes those thoughts, those ideas, those beliefs, those things can trigger deep-seated feelings and beliefs around those subjects. So really get plain and clear around what it is that you're doing as far as stress is concerned. The other thing is fatigue. One of the things that I have noticed from being a teacher and minister, uh, teaching metaphysics now for 23 years, I believe now, 23 years, is when I talk to people about reading, about meditating, about praying in general, it's important that people realize how fatigue will show up. What do I mean by that? So a person says, okay, I'm going to read this self-help book. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to listen to this audio program. I'm going to watch this video program. And the moment they start to shift, they'll get sleepy and tired. Is that happening to you? You say, okay, I want to, you know, it could be early in the morning. It could be middle of the day. It could be at night. It can be when you're quiet. It can be when you're busy. But the moment you start working on your self-development, you start to get tired. You start to get sleepy. Uh, I, I remember talking to a buddy of mine, and we were at a meditation. I was like, hey, come to, come to this meditation seminar with me. And he couldn't meditate for, even for two minutes without falling asleep. You know, it's like, okay, he's like, well, when, when I relax my body, I just go to sleep. And what I was trying to explain to him was like, okay, learn how to have concentrated relaxation. What does that mean? My body can relax and I can still keep my mind on what it is that I desire. Because that's the state that you can get into that helps you develop your intention. To be relaxed, to be able to say, okay, I'm totally going to calm my, my body down and relax it and still stay focused. Because if your body is calm and your mind is active, you can read all you want. If your body is calm and your mind is active, you can meditate. If your mind is if your body is calm and your mind is active, you can listen to what you need to listen to. Or watch what you need to watch. Because if the moment your body is relaxed, you 
need to sleep or get tired. And I don't believe that's always the case. People don't do that when they watch TV or when they go to the movies. Some people do. They can't even go to a movie without falling asleep or sit down and watch TV. So I do know that there are examples of those things. But the point that I'm trying to make is that possibly there's an inner resistance to money and success. So the moment you start talking about self-improvement, about success, about your goals and about money, your body and your mind starts to tell you that you're tired. So you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to read three chapters in this book. And you barely four pages in before you have to put it down because you can't concentrate. You can't focus on what it is that you desire. That's potentially inner resistance to money and success, to your own self-improvement. Another thing that could pop up is distractions. So you say, okay, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to accomplish it, etc. And then all of a sudden, family, friends, work stuff that normally don't happen, life stuff in general starts to happen. Why? Because subconsciously, we can start to attract or draw experiences to us that pull our attention away from dealing with the inner change that has to happen for us to succeed. So what's distracting you right now from your money and success? Is it text messages? Uh, surfing the web? Social media? You know, notifications and checking on everybody else's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. Or posting all the time. Emails all day, all day, all day, phone calls, other people's stuff, work stuff, family stuff. What's distracting you from putting in a committed and dedicated amount of time to your self-improvement? Now, this could be with money. It could be with career. It could be with your overall success. This could be with your health. This could be going to the gym. This could be eating right. This could be your prayer time. This could be your meditation time, whatever. What's distracting you from getting your good? What are you allowing? Because that's the only thing that's happening. What are you allowing to get in the way? Distractions flow into the next thing that I wrote down, which is self-sabotage. What things are you doing that you know will interfere with or delay your good. What things are you doing right now that you know will delay or stop your good? Some people know they have habits. They have traits. They have addictions. And addiction doesn't necessarily mean drugs, cigarettes, and alcohol. An addiction can be anything that you don't have control over. I tell people that all the time. People say, well, I'm not addicted to whatever it is that they're doing. And I say, okay, well, just stop. Stop for a week. Just off of choice and see if it's not an addiction. Because the, the moment your mind and body starts calling you to do something habitually, and it's, and it's taking on a mind of its own, yeah, that might be an addiction. Some people are addicted to snacking. 
I know people. I've known people who are addicted to pulling their hair out of their head. You know, just sit and twist their hair, twist their hair till they have ball spots in their hair. I know people that are addicted to sweets or to you know carbonated soda pop. You know, Coca Cola, Pepsi. You know, whatever. You know, won't drink water. And 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 the doctor will say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Bladder this, whatever that. Still will do it. Why? Because it's an addiction. So what are your, if you have them, you might want to evaluate what are the ways in which you self-sabotage? You know better, but you're not doing better. Some people say if you know better, you'll do better. That is a lie. If you know better, you can do better. But you still have to choose it and do it. So these are the things that I'm thinking about when it comes to the inner resistance to money and success. Really getting present to what that means for you and your life. If there's anybody with some inner resistance that, and you want to talk about it, I know this is live online radio, but you can call in and you know get some questions answered. You can call in at um, 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555, and we can talk about dealing with this inner resistance to money and success because I'm convinced not only of, about myself, I'm, and I'm putting myself in this conversation as well, but I'm convinced that many of us, you, me, and many people I personally know and don't know, are, are one step away from massive breakthroughs and that one step away is eliminating the inner resistance we already have the skill the know-how the creativity and the experience so why isn't the dots connecting inner resistance and again so as within so without so the moment we start having this inner resistance we have to have the physical equivalent of what is happening in our minds so we, t- again, start to attract people, places, and things to validate what's actually happening mentally. So I want you to be free. And the way you get free is to acknowledge and deal with the inner resistance. So studying a book like The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker is a book that helps you deal with the inner resistance. You know, just one more thing. I remember having a conversation with uh, a family member not too long ago, and we were talking about all of these, um, you know, biblical laws around sexuality and things of that nature. And I just told the person, look, I don't care about all that stuff. I'm not saying that you don't you don't have to care, but I'm free and I believe in freedom. And what I mean by being being in freedom is. Uh, I don't have to think like a first century Jew to be a Christian or Jewish or whatever today. That I'm looking for the principles that are universal, not the cultural things that I'm carrying forth back and forth. Now, why? And when I said that, it created resistance in the person. Because if a person believes that, you know, certain things around certain things, then, you know, if you believe, okay, uh, you know, whatever you disagree with is wrong and you can back it up with your scripture, 
than me saying, hey, I believe in freedom. And people who love who they want to love and what consenting adults do, they can do. And I, can, and I don't think God cares about, you know, what's happening in your bedroom as long, you know, you know, if you if you're in integrity and in love and and in harmony, that's resistance, especially coming from somebody with an REV in front of their names. So so recognize that we all have inner resistance. You just have to make sure you know what yours are, your inner resistance is and address it because it can stop you from being free. All right. So let's get to the book. We got some we got stuff we got to cover. All right. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, Wealth File Number Seven, and again, he's doing a contrast. Don't get caught up in the contrast. He's he's making blanket statements to draw uh, the contrast. He's not saying all rich people are great people and all poor people are bad people. That's not what he's saying. And I've given that uh, that explanation several times in, in previous shows, so you can go back and listen to some of those if you want it, or you can go back and and really drill down on what you need to do to make sure that you're covered as far as that's concerned. Because if, you know, if you've been following along with this, this series, you know that that's not where I'm coming from. All right. So let's get to it. You know, well found number seven, rich people associate with positive, successful people, poor people associate with negative or unsuccessful people. All right. So he says in uh, chapter paragraph three of page 95, consequently, the fastest and easiest way to create wealth is to learn how to rich people who are masters of money play the game. So you have an unconscious tendency. I have an unconscious tendency. Human beings have an unconscious tendency to pick up things from the people we're around. So what he's saying is who you associate with who matters. Like so, if if people are raised in an environment or nurtured in an environment of abundance, then that becomes their norm. If they're raised around people who are entrepreneurs, people who are creative with their ideas, people who are um, whatever, that becomes the norm. So you know, it's it's highly likely that if a person is raised around you know poverty and gangs and drugs, it's a high probability that they will be influenced by the crime that they're in, that everybody around them is involved in. It could be parents, it could be siblings, it could be the neighborhood, the neighbors, the, their friends, et cetera. So it's hard to be, you know, it's nine gangbangers and you're the one person who's not in the gang. Nine drug dealers and you're not the one that's the, it, that's not selling dope. Not, you know, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. But I can never forget what Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said, who wrote the book, several books, but he wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. He's been a guest on this show many times. He's, he writes about black wealth. And he said one time years ago at a speech that I was at, he said, if you hang around nine broke people, you're bound to be the 10th. Now, that might not be nice. But that's also a conversation that you might want to have, because if you're the only person in your circle that has wealth, uh, that can be challenging, one, because people will be drawing on you, possibly asking for you, what you are developed and earned. Two, it's hard for you to grow and expand 
because you're the big fish in a small pond. You want to get in the environment that is consistent with your consciousness and your experience. So what he goes on to say is the goal is to simply model their inner and outer strategies. It just makes sense. If you take the exact same action and have the exact same mindset, chances are good that you will get the exact same results. Now, let me just put a caveat in there. Nobody starts from the same exact mindset. You might have the exact same rules and the same actions, but nobody starts from the same mindset. I don't care what anybody says because consciousness cannot be evaluated from that process. This is why when people do things like I watched The Secret and I read the book and I didn't get the results that the other person got. Well, you're not starting from the same point. And a lot of people have unconscious beliefs, unconscious feelings, things that are in their souls that are unaddressed that, as I mentioned earlier, inner resistance to certain things. So nobody has the same starting point, even if they're born the same day, raised in the exact same environment by the same people, learn exactly the same thing, go to the same schools, go to the same neighborhood, do all the same things. They could be twins, but they have different souls. So, so I do want to put that caveat in. That being said, the probability is high that in that environment you can succeed. All right. So he goes on to say, contrary to the rich, when poor people hear about other people's success, they often judge them, criticize them, mock them, and try to pull them down to their own level. Why? Because you, you can't look at them and, and honestly evaluate them without acknowledging that you have skills, talents, and abilities. So you have to come up with a reason to devalue them so you don't have to honestly evaluate yourself. So it's easy, as I said before, and I believe I said last week, to pull down the best in society, to ridicule the best in society, because you ain't got to deal with the fact that you're not giving your best. All right. All right. So he even talks about, you know, you know, when he meets around very wealthy people, he tries to get to know them. Why? Because he wants to pick up their habits, their mindset, their thinking, whatever, and and see if they have things in common. And then he says on page 96, he says, uh, you know, you know, why are you picking friends that are rich? He said, you want me to pick friends that are broke? He said, I don't think so. As I mentioned before, energy is contagious, and I have no interest in subjecting myself to theirs. Now, let me just stop again. Caveat. That doesn't mean that you got friends, family, loved ones or whatever who might not be anywhere close to wealthy. The question comes into play is this. Uh, there's some people who are healthy for your life and there's some people who are not. And you have to be very clear about what that looks like. And you also have to make sure that you're not pulled off or distracted from your success and money goals because somebody else is not striving for theirs. You got to be careful not to get caught in somebody else's drama and trauma, and you got to be careful not to allow your ear to become a garbage can for other people's drama. That doesn't mean don't be a good friend and talk or whatever, but if that's the constant conversation, then you're going to pull your energy down trying to keep theirs up. Because eventually, somebody has to start taking, whoever's dumping on you has to take some actions to improve their life. If somebody's always putting themselves in emergency situations that you have to rescue them from, then eventually you'll get tired of the rescue. So I'm not saying get rid of people out of your life. What I am saying is be mindful that uh, my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother used to always say to me when I was a little boy, 
baby, some people you got to love with a long-handled spoon. And that was a down south black Mississippi term. I don't know if it came from Mississippi, but a lot of people from down south used to say that term. Um, it meant some people you got to love from a distance. They can't be a part of your everyday life. Yeah, you love them, but they cannot be a part of your everyday life. They just bring too much extra everything, drama, trauma, nonsense, distraction, stress, etc. with them. And they're so invested in their vibration, what they're expressing, whether consciously or unconsciously, that it takes a monumental effort just to maintain your norm, let alone stretch and grow. If you're around them, if you're talking to them, if you're in the midst of their life on a day-to-day basis. All right, back to the book. So he says, uh, talking about this lady who talks about her husband is a downer. She, she tried to change him or leave him and all of that type of stuff. So he says, first, don't bother trying to get negative people to change or come to the or come to the course, his money course. That's not your job. Your job is to use what you've learned to better yourself and your life. Be the model. Be successful. Be happy. Then maybe, and I stress maybe, they'll see the light in you and want some of it. Again, energy is contagious. This Darkness dissipates in light. People actually have to work hard to stay dark when light is all around them. Your job is simply to be the best you can be. If you choose to add, if they choose to ask you your secret, tell them. So, so this is one of the things that happens when you start to to develop. It's sort of like being, you know, like it used to be everybody was a square. Now you turn into a circle. Now you're trying to be the. Now it's I being the circle around a bunch of squares. So either you can. So, but the. So sometimes what we do is we try to heavy hand. We try heavy-handed methods of changing people instead of going out and massively demonstrating the good that we talk about. Because some people talk a good game, but people are watching our lives, especially the people that are closest to us. Well, I'm positive now, but I'm always dogging you. And the other reason is because because, uh, we don't want to face the hard decisions that sometimes have to be made around about the people that are in our lives. Some people might require dismissal or or the eliminating of the relationship or a, a lot less time and influence in your life. So we don't want to deal with those conversations. But sometimes all that means is let me get clear and I'm going to deal with this in a second because we got to we're like a minute away from our commercial I believe yeah so no we're seconds away from our commercial so let me just let us go to the commercial I'm going to pick up on on what it means to be a square a circle around a bunch of squares Uh, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, just quickly before I get into what I want to talk about, I want to remind you of a few things, my quick commercial. This show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, my request is that you go to unityonlineradio.org or the shortcut unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry uh, so we can continue to spread it across the world. You got to remember that, you know, the electric bill, the heat, you know, computer systems, employees are not paid solely by prayers uh, or by, you know, prayers can help create the abundance. But the creation of the abundance comes through us actually supporting it in a real way. Uh, You know, this isn't about the host. We who host this show are not doing it out of for money it's, it's, it's not a paid thing it's only for us to be able to give back to the world what we give what we've gotten rather this is our gift back and i want to make sure that that's understood help us continue to give to the world a message that can tra- help us transform it we're seeing violence we're seeing craziness we're seeing shootings we're seeing all these type of things because the consciousness and humanity is at a place where it needs a paradigm shift and I believe that new thought is a part of that paradigm shift. So the work that is being done, whether it's Unity or UFBL or Centers for Spiritual Living or Divine Science International or the other independent new thought ministries are, and I'm not just saying new thought, but that's what I represent. So I can only, I'm speaking for the organizations that are connected to what I do. I believe what Unity and Unity Online Radio are doing will help change the world. Going along with that change the world, Christ Universal Universal Temple live streams now via the website, uh, cutemple.org, cu, the word temple.org. So you can watch 1030 to noon on Sundays, our service on our website. You can watch it through our YouTube channel, which is CU Temple or on our digital app, which is Christ Universal Digital on Apple or Google Play Stores, Apple, Apple, Google Play Stores. So download the app or watch via the, download the app anyway. The app also has the Johnny Coleman Archives or the Coleman Archives where you can listen to as we're consistently putting more lessons on, archive lessons of Johnny Coleman. So, you know, eventually it'll have the complete archive. It's only $4.97 a month to be able to have access to an absolute grandmaster of metaphysics. So make sure that you handle those things as well. Again, if you, excuse me, if you want to call in, you can call in at 816-251-3555. Also, I was mentioning um, a few months back that I have uh, some personal projects that are about to come out that's still in play. Uh, More is coming soon to be able to, you know, do some, you know, independent work with people who want to do some work, some consulting, some coaching, some uh, training, you know, workshops, other different type of stuff, website stuff, webinar stuff. You know, I'm coming out with some different things that, you know, people have to pay for. So let me be very clear about that. And but to be able to connect with me at a different level, to be able to help you get the results that you desire, whether that's hardcore metaphysics or just making sure that you have uh, the go- the systems for the goals that you need- want to achieve in life. So 
more is forthcoming when it comes around that subject. All right, back to the book. So, um, uh, so what he's basically saying is on page 97, because we're, oh, wait a minute, I had something I was supposed to be talking about, which is the square being a, a circle around a bunch of squares. So part of, of working around people and transforming people is, is again, first of all, massively demonstrating and being able to communicate to the people that matter to you why you're doing what you're doing. You know, sometimes we just don't get connected to real authentic conversations. So when I tell a person, look, you know, I know, you know, I love you. I know you love me. You know, I'm doing this work, the self-improvement, because this is what I'm seeking to do. You know, I, I, you know, I need financial independence because I'm seeking to do this, this, this. I got these big ideas, got this, this, that and the other. And I need, you know, you know, I need you to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I need your support in doing it. And minimally, I just don't need you to, to be a, a space to where I got to stop because it's showing up as obstructions that, or interference in what I'm doing. I believe in you. I want you to have your good. What can we do to help you get what you need to get? What do we need to help you get where you want to go? What, do you, what is it that you want to do? Start having some real authentic conversations with people. And what the authentic conversations will do is let you know who's who's rolling and who isn't. Now, again, it doesn't mean automatically that means, well, I'm done with that person forever because we got to extend some grace because we weren't always as, quote, unquote, enlightened as we are now. But what it does do is tell you where you focus the majority of your attention. Now, I get if it's your spouse, if it's your children, if it's your parents, it's your whatever. What I say, again, is show up as your awesomeness. Don't be heavy-handed. And, st- and stay with authentic conversations, because as long as you're staying in your auth- authenticity, then you're always good. You don't have to be heavy handed, you know, like some people who they join a church and all of a sudden they want to condemn and, and everybody and sin, sin, and you're wrong and you're doing this and I'm right and whatever, or, you know, uh, all, all that's fundamentalist talk. It doesn't, it, and it can be whatever brand of religion that you practice. And it turns people off because that type of conversation is, isn't really based in love. It's based in judgment. It's based in condemnation. It's based in right and wrong instead of let me tell you about how this message and this teaching has transformed my life. Let me tell you how this message has made me a better person. Let me show you. Let me talk to you and show you how this has transformed me. So, for instance, when I talk to people about New Thought and I start to talk about how being a 20-year-old young man who almost died from an asthma attack and how I use and practice New Thought and my, uh, my, 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 this teaching and this ministry, Christ Universal Temple, on the, at the time, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, helped me shift my paradigm that I had only been coming to the church a few weeks when this happened. But because I had a, the environment around me, the system around me, as he's talking about rich people versus other folks, as he's talking about that conversation, realized that if I wasn't around what I was around, my experience could have been radically different. So when I have that conversation, guess what? Now I can have honest conversations with people about other things. When I could say, hey, 
you know, when my mother was going through her situation where she got ill and she made her transition and I never reached a level of spirituality higher than I did around that subject, how I was able to walk in and empower, handle everything in power, handle the hospice, handle the hospital experiences, handle the transition, hand, uh, handle the business, you know, you know, officiate my mother's funeral, officiate the, uh, the burial. And people say, how did you do that? It was because of what I got at Christ Universal Temple and I practiced it. Point blank. I believe what I was being taught by the people who taught me. And then I said, let me go try it and work it and see if it works. And as I founder, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coma would always say, it works if you work it. So when I have those type of conversations, now people are willing to listen to what I have to say because I'm talking about human experience. And how the message, how this teaching, how these principles actually literally help me through things that er people deal with in, in their everyday lives. It makes a difference. When I have a conversation about, you know, being a part-time cashier at, at Dominic's grocery store, when I came to this place, as I got my healing and it dawned on me that it was like, hey, if I'm going to be at this store, I got to make money. Well, I got to leave. So I'm going to be a, so I decided to be a manager. Just decided. And then I manifested it. Like literally. So, you know, so, you know, when I was in my early to mid 20s, I'm having 75, I think my first managerial experience, I had 77 direct employees. And I wasn't even indirectly managing dozens more up to having at one point opening grocery stores and, you know, in my 20s, helping open grocery stores. And it's 170 employees under my direction, meaning schedule, vacation, write-ups, everything. Now. Why am I sharing that? I'm sharing that because I'm telling you this is how you communicate transformation. This don't talk about the teaching, teaching, you should do this and your life is wrong and your life is broken. This is what you need to do to fix yourself. Share how you've been changed. If you go to a particular church or 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 you follow a particular philosophical teaching or or, or whatever, whatever it is, talk about how it's transformed you and made you better. Show how you practiced it and you got the demonstrations that you desire. So if you're talking about this book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, and you're talking about it with people, well, that's the talking about money. Talk about how it's changed you, how you practice some stuff, how you listen to this podcast, and how it helped you get the results you desire. Because now it's not theory. We have to bring this stuff back to the real world to the heart where it matters. All right, I'm going to see if I can get through these chapters. Uh, so the only couple other things he talks about is in this chapter, and you can read it yourself again. You, I, I teach the chapters, you read the books. He talks about, again, staying away from uh, negative, poor-minded folks who will pull your energy down because he believes that, you know, that they're their energy is infectious. Stay away from it. He also talks about 
going around affluent people. And one of the things she talks about is like, go hang out or be around where wealthy people reside and hang out. That makes a difference. Just sometimes you just need to soak up the consciousness. He talks about the mindset of champions. So he says on the bottom of uh, 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 bottom of page 98, top of page 99, I love listening to the mindset of champions. And to me, anyone who has made it as far as the big leagues or any sport is a champion. Any athlete at that level has outcompeted tens of thousands of other players to get there at all, which makes each of them incredible to me. All right. Back to the book. Uh, page, bottom page 99. Rich people hang around with winners. Poor people hang around with losers. Why? It's a matter of comfort. Rich people are comfortable with other successful people. They feel full, fully worthy being with them. Then poor people are uncomfortable with highly successful people. They're either afraid they'll be rejected or feel as though they don't belong. To protect itself, the ego goes into judgment and criticism. So be careful of what you are saying around, around successful people. Sometimes just going around it makes a difference. Being in the environment. You know, go to, you know, if it's a wealthy area in your town, go and just hang around it. Even if you're just walking up and down the streets, just looking at it, be in the environment. You ain't got to go and, you know, spend all your money someplace and put yourself in a, in a, in a compromised situation. But just go be around it, the energy of, you know, go be around beauty. Go be around abundance and affluence and sometimes it's just simple things that can make the difference being around activity get away from your norms all right back to the book so it says if you want to page 100 if you want to get rich you will have to change your inner blueprint to fully believe you're every bit as good as any millionaire or multi-millionaire out there all right, so he gives some millionaire, some declarations of millionaire mind actions, and I think I'm only going to be able to cover two wealth files today, seven and eight, not nine, just based upon the time that I'm looking at right now. Declarations. Place your hand on your heart and say, I model rich and successful people. I associate with rich and successful people. If they can do it, I can do it. Touch your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. So then he says, millionaire mind actions. Go to the library a bookstore, internet, or, or read a biography of someone who is or was extremely rich and successful. Why? He says, use their stories for inspiration, for learning success strategies, and most importantly, copying their mindset. Now, again, if you feel as though you're studying somebody who's a low-integrity person, then be mindful of that. You know, there's some people who I feel as though that I wouldn't comfortably study, honestly. Uh, but, you know, but you but so make sure that you're in alignment with that, you know, because I, I do have a thing about people who I feel as though are low integrity people. They lie. They manipulate things of that nature. Um, I don't want it that way personally. All right. Um, number two, join a high end club such as tennis, health, business or golf. Mingle with rich people in a rich environment or if there's no way you can afford to join a high end club. Have coffee or tea in the classiest hotel in your city. Get comfortable in this atmosphere and watch the patrons noticing they're no different from you. So again, you know, you can just go up, you know, you know, and hang around a golf club. You, you know, 
you know. So I'm just gonna, you know, rent whatever and just hit a hit a few balls or whatever. Or again, go to a hotel or go to the the, the you know strip of affluence in your town. Or if it's not your town, go to another town and go and sit. Even if it means okay, I'm just gonna go have some coffee or tea or have an appetizer or whatever, but you just want to soak up the energy. It makes a difference. Number three, identify a situation or person who was a downer in your life. Remove from yourself from that situation or association. If it's family, choose to be around them less. That's kind of simple. I don't think I have to drill down on that. Number four, stop watching trash TV and stay away from bad news. I would also add that uh, internet stuff. In other words, Keep your mind focused on where you want to go. If if you love to watch train wrecks, you got to have a certain amount of them in your own life. Some people are excited by the train wrecks. Some people are excited by the battles. I'm not saying that you're not ever going to whatever, but you but recognize that some things just vibrationally pull you down. It's one of the things I have issues with personally is with um, uh, black reality TV. You know, basketball wives and Atlanta this or hip hop and love and hip hop that watching people who have to create drama and fights and whatever just to maintain their TV gigs. So it's supposed to be quote unquote real. And some of it is when people end up getting hurt and fighting and grabbing hair and hitting people with bottles and all this other crazy stuff. But uh, if you're getting a heavy dose of that, on a day-to-day basis, you're watching four or five of these shows, you're investing in that drama and that trauma and whatever, recognize it's really no different than driving on the highway and you're seeing the accident and you slow down because you want to watch to see all the details of the accident. They call that gaper's traffic. Gaper's traffic. Well, we slow down from where we have to go. We're not involved in the accident. We're slowing down for where we have to go because not because we're praying for those people, not because we have concerns for those people, not because we want to stop and help those people or or, or, or anything that has to do with the accident. We're just slowing down, sometimes on the other side of the highway. And traffic is, is, is stopped for miles because people are just slowing down and they're looking over at what's happening. Don't allow your mind to get stopped by gaping or watching the drama of other people's lives, whether they're a part of your your life, family, friends, or the TV. Now, again, you're going to do what you want to do. You're free, love, no judgment, no condemnation. I'm talking about what works and what doesn't work. And why am I using this example? Because when you want high levels of success, you have to keep the main thing, the main thing. I don't think I'm going to get to the next wealth file now because I just want to drill down on this for a minute. And I'd rather just take my time with the next one. When when I was that 20-year-old young man seeking a healing, from almost dying from asthma and being told that I had to have the two inhalers and the pills, you know, going forward probably the rest of my life. The regular inhaler, the 
you know, the super emergency inhaler and these gigantic pills. And the only thing that mattered to me was getting healed. Everything else was a distraction. That didn't mean I didn't hang out with my friends. That didn't mean I didn't have a girlfriend. That didn't mean I didn't have all the stuff that a young person would have. But I'm going to tell you, I became immersed in understanding the teaching so I can get the results I desired. Again, reading everything I could get my hands on, listening to everything that I can listen to, having the conversations with people who are teachers and this stuff, just stopping people, asking questions, et cetera, to make sure that I got it, writing affirmations on colored colored three by five cars, pink and green and blue and whatever, because it was like the colors can help your subconscious mind be impressed. Okay, if that works, let me use it. Affirmations on the front of the car, scriptures on the back of the car, supporting my mindset, not having time for all of the other stuff that was happening in that experience. Around that same time, you know, like a lot of young men who of that time and era, and I'm sure now as well, you know, um, you know, hang out with my my buddies, you know, drink some beer, drink, you know, with this, that, and the other before I'm legally was legally old enough to do it. All that just fell away. I literally, literally, literally in doing that process. Just put alcohol down and then never, never picked it up again. That was 93 and it's 2019 now. It just fell away. Because everything else that did not have to do with my healing, I didn't have time for. At all. At all. I didn't have time for it. Now. I'm saying to you, I'm I'm saying to you in a real way, don't get distracted by all this TV mess or this family drama mess or this whatever mess. If you're seeking to achieve a goal, you have to learn how to keep the main thing the main thing. You got to learn concentration. You have to learn mental discipline. And say, am I going to watch this train wreck on TV of the next ladies who want to call each other uh, female dogs and pull their hair out? Or do I want to study? Or do I want to write down my goals? Or I want to execute my action plan? Or I want to spend that time meditating? Or being a, or having authentic, legitimate conversations with the people that I love? And planning our preferred future? You got to keep the main thing the main thing. We're too distracted at times to achieve the goals we say we desire. But I'm telling you, it doesn't work without the immersion. You can't, well, my thought is on one thing, now my thought is on that, and now my thought is on this. Jesus said, narrow, narrow is the gate. Narrow that leads to the salvation of your goal, to the demonstration of your goal, to the break to your own breakthrough, to your own transformation. Narrow is the gate. But he says, wide is the gate that leads to to, to destruction. You gotta know what you're doing and why. 
You got to count the cost for what it is that you say you want. Jesus said, you know, that, you know, in Luke, that if people, he said, you know, uh, you know, a man who wants to build a tower before he does, he counts the cost. Have you counted the cost for what it is that you say you desire? Have you counted the cost? Really get present to that. Have you counted the cost? What is it? What will it take for you to get what you say you desire? Jesus said it this way. Just so you can look this up, because I only got a minute left. Um, Luke, the whole story is in fourteen. Luke fourteen twenty five to thirty four. Luke fourteen twenty five to thirty four. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turned to them, and he said, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, now in Aramaic that means set aside, not hate. It means to set aside." Uh, wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, that person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be the, my disciple. So he's saying, okay, understand what it means to, to follow your own way, to, to, to shift and not allow the things that are connected to you to be the reason why you don't get your breakthroughs. Let's bring this up to now. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who, who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Now, I, I'm not going to read the rest of it because of time. I'm running out of time. My point is this. Count the cost and what it really means to transform your mind and transform your life. And the, be willing to follow through on it. Put the system together and follow through on it. Be the disciple of your own goals and dreams and see where it'll take you. So with that, I won't be with you next week with Truth Transforms because I have, I'm taking a week off. I'll be with you in two weeks with Truth Transforms. God bless. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.